Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. This evening, I'm joined by Jack McEnroe. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm excellent. How are you, Robert? I'm great. I'm great. Um, you know, I miss having you around. You've been busy the last couple of weeks, but um, we can chit-chat about that a little bit later. We have our guest already on hold, so I want to bring her right on. Uh, tonight's guest, everybody may be familiar with, um, the lovely Kimberly Locke um, from American Idol Season 2. She finished uh, second runner-up against Clay and Rubin. She was also on Celebrity Fit Club. You may also know her from um, guest hosting on The View or The Insider. But tonight, I want to introduce people to a different side of Kimberly that some people may not know, which is the HIV-AIDS activist side, um, which I'm very proud and excited to have her come on. So please help me welcome Kimberly Locke. Welcome to the show. Thank (laughs) you. Thanks a lot. Hi, Hottie. How are you? <laughs> Hottie. <laughs> I just came from a four-mile run. I'm not feeling so hot. <laughs> I wanted to tell you last time, because we only got to speak for one second, but you have the best, you have the best radio voice. Like, mm. and, of course, you're, you're a recording artist, so, I mean, that Thank makes you. possible sense. But you sound so amazing. Just your speaking voice is great. Thank you. I appreciate it. The man is full of compliments. You want to jump in my pocket and go along with you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course, our pleasure. So, so Kimberly, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. I'm a little bit nervous. I guess I'm starstruck over the radio. Um, it's kind it. of interesting. <laughs> so, um, so some people may know you from American Idol and, like we mentioned earlier, Celebrity Fit Club. Um, tell us a little bit about what what was more difficult to do. Which one of the shows do you think? Um, probably American Idol, just because that was my first experience being on live television and, and, you know, just learning how it all works. By the time I got to Celebrity Fit Club, I was a veteran, or at least I felt like I was a veteran anyway. Um, you know, coming on American Idol, you're fresh off the street, basically. Um, and you know absolutely nothing about being on camera, you know, uh, sound bites, what to say, what not to say. You know, it's you learn all that from being on the show. I mean, you're on the show. We're on that show for, what, like eight months? I always call it Entertainment Boot Camp 101 because you learn all the little things that you need to learn, you know, to go on to the next thing. So by the time I got to Celebrity Fit Club, I felt very well prepared. Well, I didn't, like, I don't know how your experience was because I, um, I don't know if you know, but I was obviously on Project Runway, and we had no prep work at all. They didn't tell us you know, here's how it's going to work. I don't know if they gave you, like, a day or two to acclimate, but we were just thrown into it, basically, and, like, you know, survival of the fittest, really. Yeah, see, American Idol is a little different in that sense. You know, I think Project Runway is probably more of a reality show than American Idol is. Um, right. Because at the end of the day, American Idol is there to create a brand, so they want us to look as as good as possible. Of course, they want to show us in the beginning being naive and green and, you know, kind of stepping into it. But that only goes on for a little while before they want us to appear polished and, you know, like we know what we're doing, kind of, sort of. That makes um, sense. Yeah, so it's a little different in that sense because anything that we do or don't do is a reflection on the brand of American Idol. So it's a little different than that. They did, you know, they did take the time to, you know, teach us how to give an interview, for example, which none of us really knew how to do. Right. Yeah, so... It's a little different in that respect, I could imagine. Well, plus it's a lot longer. I mean, you already said eight months or something. We were we filmed for four weeks, so 
Really? Um, wow. Oh yeah, they we had no days off. They just crammed. I mean, I think you guys were worked to death as well, but they really crammed yeah. us into, you know, because yeah. I think our budget, our our budget. I mean, you were already into season three, right? Correct. Yeah. So season, I was on they, two. Both season two. So so you, at least you had a you had a budget. I mean, we we yeah. didn't have a budget. So right. So the totally different well, thing. Well, it's a different um, show too. Like Project Runway, you think about it. Like it really is about the drama. You know, being right, model totally. and. And that's what you guys, that's what your life is. So trying to reflect that and capture that, they really probably couldn't give you that much information because that would change the whole dynamic of your show. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so. So what was the one, I mean, I know we want to get into your work, your, your work with HIV and AIDS and all your activism and great stuff, but I just, I'm curious personally, like, if you had one thing other than an amazing recording career that came out of American Idol, like, what, shed some light on, like, what what was the mayhem like afterwards, like, I mean, I, how, I'm sure you've been asked that a million times, but but I mean, it just I'm sure it changed your life 180 degrees. Like what? Yeah. Like, what was that like? You know what? It's um, I think you know I remember immediately after the show, um, you know after the show we go on tour, but I can remember feeling like I have been living in a bubble for eight months, and then all of a sudden, you know the bubble burst and I'm back out into the real world um, of life but I'm a different person it's like you it's like going into um, a magic box you know what I'm saying and coming out a different person so I'm going into this box you know as the girl next door doing my thing you know I'm working uh, about to go to law school just finished college you know I'm a normal you know what I was 24 25 year old and then coming out of it, it was very shocking because what American Idol does a really great job of is, you know, protecting us from all of that while we're on the show. Like, um, whether it's fans or, you know, press, public, all that stuff, they filter all of that stuff. But when the show is over, you're really out there on your own. So I can remember going home, you know, for the first time after the show to visit my mom, and I was so excited to be at home, and, you know, my mom and I wanted to go shopping. I tell you, I kid you not, we go to the mall, and I guess I thought that I was just going to go back home and, you know, (laughs) into this, back into my normal life. My mom got so pissed, and she actually showed her ass in the mall a little bit, and I was kind of like... I was like, you know what? I said, I think we need to go home. I said, this isn't working out very well. Because every two steps, there was a group of people, you know, waiting to talk to me. But, you know, for me, I just didn't think about it like that. I was, you know, excited to be at home, be with my mom, spend time with my mom. But my mom let me know really quick that this was not working for her. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that now? I mean. Well, you know, now it's, now it's been eight years. So, I think when now when I go home, people are more familiar with me. So the new, it's like a new toy. You know, you right. get a new toy and you're really excited to play with it, and then okay, you're on to the next thing. Not that people don't recognize me, but they're just you know they kind of say they're whatever and you know ask for a picture and they move on. Right, Whereas right, before, right. Or you know, I was running into people that I you know that their third cousin went to high school with me and their grandmother lived next door to my grandmother you know like all this crazy stuff and they wanted to have a full-on conversation like right there you know and now it's a little different um i think now what's probably what is more different is that i know how to handle it better you know, well, i was just gonna know. say i, I was yeah, gonna say practice. i think you're you're probably it's totally practice and you're more polished about it and you know how to handle yeah. fans and and you know how when it when something's getting out of control you can kind of spot yeah. it ahead of time and that sort of thing Absolutely. And, you know, I've gotten to the point, too, where if I go somewhere where I think it may be an issue, I take, you know, some a buffer with me, someone with me who can manage it because, you know, it's not my place to manage it all the time. Right. Um, and I don't I don't ever want to be the bad guy. Well, that's um, the thing. It shouldn't I, be your yeah. that shouldn't be your job. It shouldn't be your yeah. job to be sending people off. And sometimes you do go to places where you're going to be recognized and you need security around Absolutely. you and people to manage all that. So Yeah. So, you know, it's been good. I've learned a lot, you know, over the past few years. And I feel like, you know, it's manageable now, very manageable. Right. 
Um, well, I'm interested to hear about, I mean, I love strobe light. It's a, um, uh, <laughs> Thank you. I, I do. I love it. I think as, and I know we only have you for like about a half hour, but we're going to play it. I think when we when on the way out, but, um, okay. what else is going on with your, with your music career and your life and your career and what's, what, 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 what tells about, tell us about all things Kimberly Locke. <laughs> well, actually, um, you know, the single this week, we're at number 12 on the charts, um, which is exciting. Oh, yay. Moving up. Yeah, moving up pretty quickly. Um, I'm actually going tonight. I have a rehearsal with some dancers because I have a couple of shows coming up where we're going to use the dancers. We're doing a show um, in West Hollywood here in L.A. at Cherry Pop. And um, that's on this coming Saturday. And I'm actually really excited. It's one of my I've, – I've done it, you know, for the past probably five or six years, once a year. And it's one of my most fun, you know, events that I get to perform at. It's just – I mean, like, all the boys are packed into the club like sardines, and it's just a blast. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's so much fun. I'm telling you. And so I'm doing that this weekend. And then I'm going down to San Diego um, to uh, San Diego Pride, the zoo party, and um, so oh, we have fun. a rehearsal. Yeah, so we have a rehearsal tonight, you know, with some dancers, and then um, you know, putting together a show. I'm gonna be. I I think you know next month I've got some really. Um, I got some exciting news the other day. I think I'm doing Good Morning America um, coming up next Ooh. month. So oh, yeah. That, you know, so it's right now it's all about strobe light. You know, uh, Randy and I signed a singles only deal, which means that we're going to do a new single every six to eight months. So, you know, now it's all about strobe light. And then probably I say in about the next 30 days, it's going to be about a new single. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, this one's done really well. Um, you know, so that's kind of the music stuff. And then I'm working on a television show called Making the Curve. It's about putting together a plus-size singing group, um, which we haven't seen in a very, very long time. And oh, um, Yeah, so it's a, that show is just about, you know, embracing real women and real women who have talent, you know, without telling them that they need to rearrange themselves in order to get to point A, B, and C. So um, I'm I'm the host and executive producer of that show. So we've been making our rounds, pitching, and you know, doing our sizzle reel and all that stuff. So that's oh, really. Oh, honey, exciting. I did all I did all that. I know I've done that yeah. four or five times. I know all about that. <laughs> yeah, it's such a different process because you know I'm a singer. And, you know, going into the television world is is a whole bo- new ball of wax. You know, like I'm learning so much about how it all works. And right. it takes a lot longer. It takes a lot longer to get a television on than it does a record. <laughs> so. Oh, God. I mean, it, it's crazy how, I mean, uh, you know, you record something and it, it just it really depends. It can be instantaneous as to how far it yeah. reaches the public, especially yeah. now with the Internet and downloading and all that stuff. And a yeah. TV show, it's like, you know, especially if you have anything with any sort of production value, it's shocking how long it takes exactly. to make decisions. And, like, yeah. don't people, I'm like, I tell people that are pitching shows, I'm like, well, expect, you know, six to eight months before they even make a decision on whether to move forward. And then when they do, yeah. it's like another six months to tape something. And then, you know, yeah. it's, the lead time is crazy. My whole thing is that it's not done until it's on TV. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, God, yeah. I mean, even signing, even people say to me all the time, I'm like, oh, that's so cool you're signing this contract for this. And I'm like, trust me, I've been to this four times before. Until it's yeah. on TV, it does not matter. It does not right, matter. Right. So, so, you know, that the whole television thing is something new for me. So I'm working on that. And, of course, you know, I do my charity work on the side always. So I stay pretty busy. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell us about that. About Camp Heartland or One Heartland yeah. it is now. Um, yeah. One Heartland is um, an organization that I got involved with about probably six years ago, and they work with children who are affected and infected with AIDS and HIV. Um, so that means that maybe they're positive, maybe they're not positive, um, maybe they have a family member that's positive. Um, and it's just it's a safe place for them to go to camp to, you know, be able to talk openly about it and to also interact with other kids who share the same experience because, you know, out there in the real world, there are still so many stigmas about um, AIDS and HIV. Um, so, you know, when I, the first time I went to camp, actually, 
it changed my life, and that was six years ago, and I've continued to work with them. I'm actually um, a member of the board now, so um, if that says you anything about how much I love the organization, um, you know, it's it's just something because I know what – I mean, we all know what it's like to be a teenager. Most of these kids are – I mean, we have kids there from, like, six years old and up. You know, they're really young. And But when I sat and I talked with the – last year I got to sit and talk with the young girls. They were, like, 14, 15. And, you know, just listening to them, talk, talking to them, I remember how difficult it was for me being 14, 15, and 16, um, you know, but now these they're 14, 15, 16, and they have HIV and AIDS. So it's it's just a whole nother, um it's a whole nother, you know, element that they have to deal with. They just can't focus on being teenage girls. You know, they have to focus on I'm a teenage girl with AIDS. And it's, um, you know, and the camp, the organization, the people who run the organization are amazing. And it shows up when these kids get 18 and they're too old to come to camp, so they come back as camp counselors. Um, I think that's a testament as to how meaningful this organization is in their lives. And it's just, um, it's a great, um, it's a great organization with a great cause, um, they don't, I mean, it's, it, camp is just the catalyst of it all, going to camp. Like they have camp in Malibu in August, so I'll be at camp uh, like the second or third week in August. Um, but that's just the catalyst because what happens at camp, these kids build relationships and friendships, and we also have other workshops that go on all throughout the year where the kids can come to to learn life skills, you know, because most of these teenagers, they're, you know, living below the poverty line, you know, they have many other issues besides, um, you know, AIDS and HIV. We also just started a group of uh, GLBT um, so that, you know, they can come as well and get support um, because it's a real issue. Right. Uh, definitely. You know? One of the, one of the um, things that uh, we spoke about Camp Heartland before was because Bob Bowers was on our show, The Pirate. I think you're familiar with him, like Kimberly. I think yeah, you met him yeah. two times up at uh-huh. the camp there. And uh, yeah. he always speaks very highly of the camp there. But I remember you were um, on Don't Forget the Lyrics, and you won a lot of money for that camp. I did. I wish I wasn't a gambler and hadn't gone yeah. for the million. I would have won more. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I know, because I was like, oh, my gosh, I've done so good. And, of course, the one song that they played was a song that was out before I was born. So I was like, well, of course they did it. You know, of course they did. They would, they would pick that song. <laughs> That's interesting. One of the um, questions I had tweeted to me today was, what made you want to get involved in AIDS activism? You know what, I always tell people that the cause found me. I did not found, find it. You know, um, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and a small town, well, actually a small town outside of Nashville called Gallatin, Tennessee. And, um, you know, I knew one person my entire life who had AIDS and HIV who actually died of, of, the, of the disease. And, and at the time, I was her... Um, she was the aunt of one of my best friends, and um, I saw her when she was healthy, and I saw her when she was very, very sick. And um, the only person that I'd ever known, and and this was pre-Idol everything, so once I got on to Idol and after Idol, you know, a lot of people start charities and start their own foundations and things like that, and it's always been really important for me to give back. It's one of the things that my mom taught me, instilled in me. So after the show, I was looking for something. I was looking for charities to get involved with. And one of the very first organizations that I got involved with was Elizabeth Glazier Pediatric AIDS. And that was the beginning of it. It seemed like after I got involved with her organization, the next organization came along, and it was Pediatric AIDS. And the next one was Pediatric AIDS. I got involved with Youth AIDS. And, you know, it just kept coming around. And so finally, you know, I had a conversation with my manager, and I said, you know, I said, I'm going to stick to this as my cause. Um, and I remembered, you know, my friend's aunt who had passed away of of the disease. And, and I was like, well, you know, I, at that, you know, at hindsight, I'm thankful for that experience. I remember, you know, seeing her sick and I didn't understand and, and I was scared and and I knew nothing about, you know, the virus at all. And nobody talked about it either. 
So to be involved with Elizabeth Glazier, I learned so much. I actually went to South Africa with the organization, and um, they have a huge um, research facility over there. So I learned so much. And then, you know, shortly after that, um, someone approached me about doing an event with Camp Heartland, and it wasn't until I went actually went to camp that it just completely changed my life. It helped me. It put my entire life into perspective. You know, I think the, I always tell people this story. The the first time I went to camp um, in Minneapolis, I was living in New York, and I had a boyfriend, and we were fighting. I was mad at him. I didn't want. I didn't feel like going to camp that weekend. I didn't want to go, and I was like, Well, you got to go because you already committed to it. You're not going to break your. I'd never broken an engagement. So I get there, and I see all these kids, and I'm like, honey, your problem with your boyfriend is not an issue. Kick him to the curb and do something good for these kids and, and be happy. <laughs> you know, like it really put my life into perspective, and I always remember that. Um, I always remember that day. I remember the feeling that I had when I got there, and I remember sitting with some of the girls and talking to them and listening to their stories, and it's just you know, it was eye-opening for me, and they, you know, they look at me and they thank me for being a part of the organization, and I thank them for being a part of my life because they help me keep it all in perspective, and I think we all need that. I think that's why it's important to give back because it helps you to be thankful and mindful of where you are in your life and that you can always help somebody. No, I think you put that so well. I mean, it's, it, you know, we all have bad days. We all, uh, Absolutely. But it, it, it's, it's all about the perspective. It's like uh, it's I may having, be having a bad day because, you know, um, you know, something didn't go right during my day or I didn't get, you know, some job I wanted or something right. like that. And then you think about it in the grand scheme of things. I'm like, there's people that are actually just fighting for their lives or, you know, exactly. worried about their ne- where their next meal is going to come from yeah. and, when, when you're you know? when you're closely related to that type of thing, it really puts your life struggles. Really not does. that they're not not that they're not important in your own life, no. but it but it it, it puts for, it puts perspective on everything, which I think is amazing. Absolutely, and you know, I remember the ver- that that same year that I went. There's always one kid at camp who is so sick, but the one thing that they want to do is come to camp. They're like, I don't care how sick I am. I don't care if I have to stay in the nurses, um, you know, the nurses camp. I don't care if I have to stay in my wheelchair. I just want to be at camp. And there was a little boy there, and he was so sick. He did not get out of his wheelchair not once the entire time. And he was on so many meds. And I just would watch him. He would just sit outside and watch all the other kids play. But he was so happy and content being there because that's where he wanted to be. He did not want to miss um, that session of camp. And, you know, it's, um, you know it's, those, it's those little moments at camp that you see, and especially when you know the, the kids, a little bit of their story and a little bit of their background, it re- you make a connection. You, you, it's, it's impossible to come to camp and not make a connection. Right. You know, so it's, it's great. I love it. I encourage people. I'm actually, I have two or three of my friends. I have three friends coming to camp this year. And, um, you know, I always try to tell people, you know, if you want to come to camp, if you've got, you know, some vacation time, the, you know, who doesn't want to go to Malibu? First of all, our camp in Malibu is absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) But if you want to go and be in a beautiful place and do something good, Come to camp because it is, it is, it's life changing. It's it's valuable. It's a valuable experience. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I'm I'm actually looking forward to camp um, this session. I'm excited. And we'll go into like after uh, after we um, let you go, we'll we'll go into we'll give everyone the information of how they can get in touch with anyone at awesome. the camp and how they can participate and all that stuff. Um, Awesome. Well, when is it? Is it coming up soon? Like you keep referencing. Yeah, camp up. is August. Um, let's see. They have a travel day on August 10th, so it's August 10th through August the 15th is camp. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That is cool. Um, I always wanted to get involved in a, in a camp that's around here uh, in the Pennsylvania area where I'm located at, um, but they're a little bit yeah. far for me to drive. But it's always something I wanted to do. You know, Kimberly, one of the things I always wanted to ask you, because I've been a fan since the time you could, you got in, in you know, uh-huh. and put, you put Simon in his place, you know, and then you put, <laughs> du- then you put Dustin in his place, 
You know what I mean? Oh, so you've right. always been like this diva that, like, you know, is just so awesome to, to you know, to because tra you transform people, and, and I think your songs really do that, especially the song Change. It was one of those songs that, you know, kind of came out uh, when I started to start telling my story publicly about living with AIDS, and it really inspires people to really make a change in themselves and really look at themselves. And I just want to thank you for singing that song, um, if you wrote that song, for writing that song. It was just I one did. of those songs that really is amazing. You know, it's so funny. You're like, you know, I, I hear that story from so many people, um, you know, and, and I'll tell you something really funny is that when it's it's always interesting that I think that's the beautiful thing about music because it's interesting to see other people's interpretation of the things that you write and the things that you put out there. Um, I wrote Change. I remember exactly when I wrote Change, um, and at that particular time in my life, I was in a relationship. I was engaged to a guy, and I knew the relationship was coming to an end. And that's what that song was about for me. And that was that's that song in my life was about saying, okay, you have to make this change right now and you're not gonna look back. You know? And it's I love it when people can take, you know, my songs that I especially the ones that I write because they come from a very special place, you know. They're like little babies. Songs are like little babies. You know, I've got these little babies out here, and they're all precious to me, and don't talk bad about my babies. I don't care if you don't like it or not. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if you don't like it or not. Don't talk about my babies. Don't say anything bad about my babies because I will cut you, okay? <laughs> you know, songs are like your little babies, and change is like, change is very special because of all the songs, I mean, People talk about Eighth World Wonder, but people talk about change. And you know why? You know, I sit and I think, like, what makes that song stand out so much? Because I'm telling you, it comes from it comes from the gut. Forget the heart. It comes from my gut, and I feel it every time when I perform it live. You know, it always it still resonates with me in that place because. All of us get to that point in our lives, whether you're dealing with a relationship or whether you're dealing with AIDS, HIV. You get to that point in your life where you just have to accept something, and it's the hardest pill to swallow, but you can't do anything about it. Change is going to come whether you like it or not. Right. And I think that is, you know, that's what that song, on a, on a much larger scale, I think that's what that song is about, accepting the changes in your life and moving forward and moving on because life goes on. You know, so that's one of my babies. Thank you for loving my baby. <laughs> and just for the record, I love your. I, I'm an eighth, eighth world wonder. I love that baby. So yeah, you know, it's it's funny because you know when eighth world wonder was out was like when gay marriage in California had just it was approved. It was right. you know they, at that time before they you know pulled it back. Right. Um, and so many guys were telling me that they that was their wedding song. So I went back and I listened to it, and I was like, is this a wedding song? And I was like, well, I guess it is. <laughs> but, you know, well, all the, you I know. Think it, I, I think it goes back to what you just said about taking whatever is absolutely. personal to you from whatever you put out there. I mean, you know, like people take. that's the beautiful take, thing you, about it. Uh, yeah, it's perfect. It's like, you know, you do what you do, I do what I do, Robert does what he does, we're all doing our thing, and whatever's public domain, people look yep. at, you know, they may have a completely different interpretation of what you put out there, but as long as it works yep. for them, that's amazing. And that's what I love, you know, I love hearing people's stories, you know, um, when it comes to my music, and even, you know, it when one person comes up to me, like, you know, you telling me your story about change, when I look at it from that perspective, I'm like, then I'm, I'm doing my job as an artist because my thing is, as a singer, as a, as a musician, if you can't touch at least one person in your audience, you're not doing your job. You only need to touch one. You don't need to touch all of them, but if you touch that one person, then that's what, that's what you do it for. Right. And that's kind of that's how I feel about it. So thank you guys for loving what I do. Do you have any plans of Do you have any plans of coming to Philly anytime soon? 
Oh my gosh, Philly! Yeah, to go to QVC. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I haven't been to Philly in so long, but um, you know what? Maybe I'll do some research and get my people on that. Do you know any places out there where I could perform? Um, I can look into it definitely. Um, yeah, more. because it's all about the market, you know. It's all about knowing what's out there. I haven't. I know that I have a ton of fans on the East Coast, so I'm sure if you can find the place for me to perform, I will come. Okay, I'll look you, into um, it. Well, yeah, we'll have to. I'll have to get Robert to get all your information because I know everybody here in New York City. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm sure I, 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 well, honey, I've been around. Trust me. So. Okay. <laughs>
And we're back, and that was Strobe Light by Kimberly Locke. And you can find all information about Kimberly at www.kimberlylockofficial.com. Um, all her songs are available on iTunes along with her albums. Jack, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm unmuted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're there. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, I just, you know, just in case there was noise. But uh, that was very cool. I kind of got a little starstruck in the beginning. I don't know why. <laughs> it, 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 I, think that, I think that's, that's so cute that you get all nervous. I think it's so but it funny. But it took me back to when I first interviewed you. I, I, when well, I, got, I remember you telling me that you were nervous <laughs> when you were interviewing me. That was so hilarious. And um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I get it because it's someone that you admired and you don't really know that much about them and you don't know how they're going to be. But she was so gracious and nice and fun. And so I didn't get nervous at all. I love her voice. I, that's what I said at the beginning. I'm like, she has such a great, like, you know, like radio, TV. Um, I mean, beyond her recording voice, which is obviously amazing, she has a great speaking voice as well. It's so distinct, you know what I mean? Definitely. Like, you could tell yeah, that. I, I, I remember that season well. And I think it's really great about, this says a lot about her, because a lot of people, I think, try to, distance themselves from, you know, the shows that they came from that made them. And she's talked so openly about that. And, um, you know, she seems to really appreciate the journey that she went on and how it changed her life. And she's doing really cool stuff. And um, do you want to give the information out just how people can find out more about it? It's called One Heartland now, right? Did they change the name? I'm a little bit confused about that. Yes, it used to be Camp Heartland, and they just changed it to oneheartland.org. Okay and all the information for the camp and all that is there. And I believe there's a whole bunch of them all over. You know what I mean? Okay. I think there's one in Wisconsin that Bob Bauer work, works at, and then she was talking about one in Malibu. and So they're all okay. over for people to get involved. Yeah, and so I think you can, if you just go on the website, you can find one near you or closest to you, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, I'm, so of, glad, I'm so glad we got her back just because that last time was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad because it was, if it was like, you know, if we were on the radio radio, we would have been able to bring her on late and keep going. But I was like, she's like, it's Kimberly. Do I get more than a minute? <laughs> That's so funny. But one of the things I wanted to talk about was I just uh, came back from the uh, the ADAPS Crisis Summit in Washington, D.C. And, oh, wow, um, yeah. Fill me in on that. I want to hear all about Brandon it. With Brandon and um, ADAPS Advocacy Association, it was very interesting to learn uh, you know, about the certain aspects that are so important that people don't really think about. People only think about, you know, HIV and taking medicine, and, and there was so much more to deal with housing and stuff like that. And I got to meet really cool people. I got to hang out with, we coined the, the term Posiemers. So uh, there was a lot of Posiemers there. Um, you know, Dad was there, Christopher was there, um, Justin was there, Brandon was there. So we had a lot of people who, you know, were on the network and were hanging out, um, and we were able to get pictures with and hang out, you know, and just, be outside and actually meet people because computer is one thing, but to see them face to face, it kind of you know what I mean. It's a little bit more um, interesting. Oh so yeah. Actually, it was funny speaking of computers and all that networking and whatever. I was like, I tweeted today. I'm like, um, I have twenty thousand Facebook fans and I have five thousand Twitter followers, and I can't find a single person to go to a movie with. Like, I can't find a real person to do something with. It's like. <laughs> You know, it's so funny how you spend so much time, like, online and networking and posting stuff on Facebook and this and that. And I'm like, um, where did all my real friends go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's really hysterical. But um, it should be very interesting because, you know, as some people may know or may not know, that the ADAP list just, uh, just grew. And now there is over 2,000 Americans on the ADAP waiting list. And... You know, um, there was a march on, they were doing a, a march on the hill on Wednesday when I left, I wasn't able to get to go do that, but um, I heard that that was somewhat, you know, a little bit successful, I think. I don't know, I wasn't really there, but I saw a lot of photos from it. Um, and I know that on Tuesday that the president is supposed to be making some sort of announcement about the AIDS strategy, supposedly. Did you hear something about that? Yeah, I mean, I've been really, really crazy busy. I get e a lot of email alerts and stuff, and I try to read as much as I can. Um, but I, I'm not the one to, I'm not the resource to go to on that. But I know you can find a lot of information online about that. Um, but that's cool. I mean, it's desperately needed because ADAP is so amazing for, and it's life saving for so many people. So hopefully they'll they'll resolve that issue. I mean, and, yeah, and it's go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I mean I just think that 
So, the, I mean, even when you say the waiting list is 2,000 people, it's like, it sounds like a fairly small number, but it's like, these are, I mean, I mean, we have the medication that will save these people's lives. Like, and these people, you know, a lot of times don't have the means of getting it. And, and it's like, and ADAP is, I mean, it depends, it goes on a state-by-state, state, I think, uh, level as far as who qualifies for ADAP and who doesn't, which is the AIDS drug, uh, I believe it stands for AIDS Drug Assistance Program, correct? Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, these are people that are not making a lot of money, and, the, you know, sometimes these treatments cost one, two, three thousand dollars $3,000 even more per month. And and you know we they they deserve to have it federally funded. So I hope I hope there's great progress on that front. Yeah, I I, I hope so as well. Um, but the one interesting thing was is I got to meet um, actually somebody who was on uh, the ADAPT waiting list in South Carolina, and her name is Amy, and she's actually going to come on the show in August and share her story um, to hear you know what it's like because a lot of people see these numbers you know on the waiting list and how many people are on but they don't actually know anybody who's on it. You don't see a face. So all you see is a number. You don't actually see a person. So I wanted to bring somebody on who could share their story and, you know what I mean, put like a story to that number. You know what I mean? Because there's that distance there that people don't seem to make the connection, that they're actual people, not numbers. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's crucially important because, yeah, there are, I mean, I remember there were times uh, early on, um, you know, in the in the 90s and stuff when, when I had a lot of friends who were on ADAP and they would make cuts and they would, um, you know, there would there would be limits on what drugs were covered and what weren't and things you could get and things you, and it, and it really on a real grassroots, tangible level affects these people's lives. And I mean, you know, and, it, and a lot of times it's people that are really in, in desperate situations beyond HIV and AIDS. Like you know, they they don't have a lot of resources otherwise. So so it would be great to hear from someone that can t talk about that from a first person point of perspective. Yeah, I'm excited to have her on. She was a sweet girl and uh, you know, a very great personality, and we kind of clicked really well. So she actually just became a blogger um, on Paz I Am, and she's been sharing some of her story there too, so people can check that out. Um, but next week we're actually going to have uh, your friend Fred on. Awesome. Yeah, Fred's okay. groovy. <laughs> He's a part of Health Trust, right? Is that what the organization is called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did an event for them um, out in, um, and I'm, I'm totally going to blank on it now, but it was in California. Um, it was outside of San Francisco. Is it San Jose? I'm, I, hope, I hope I'm not getting that wrong, but um, he'll fill us all in. But they're really great. They're a really great organization. Um, the people are really cool. I had an awesome time out there, so um, he'll be fun to talk to. And um, and they do like a really great. I mean, it's it's always nice to talk to someone that does um, you know comprehensive care and talks about and, and just the programs that they offer, the kind of stuff that they do, and where the money actually goes to, and um, how you see people benefiting. And um, they're a great organization, so it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. Yeah, I'm excited to have him on. Um, he actually was on that widget campaign that you did, right? The what campaign? Did you do that with that widget, the widget campaign that you did with Living Positive by Design? Was he a part of that when you were filming? I don't the think widget. So. I don't think so. I don't think so, no. Uh, I thought maybe yeah. that was how it got involved, but um, maybe no. not. So what, what's going on with Jack? What do you have coming up? <laughs> Well, you know what? Right now, I'm in hardcore training mode because I leave for Cologne, Germany for the Gay Games. Um, uh, I think on like the 27th of this month. I have to check my ticket, but um, but yeah, they start on like the 29th of this of July, and then they go through the first week of August. So I'm swimming my buns off basically. It's, um, I swim and I go to the gym and I eat and I sleep and I try to answer emails. That's pretty much for the next two and a half weeks all I'm gonna be doing. So. It's not that exciting. And then, um, I'm, uh, I know, right? And it's interesting that Kimberly was talking about um, getting a show produced because we finally are signing our contracts for the Queens of Dragon YC webisode show. And that, so we're working on that. And I've been editing webisodes and um, putting together, like, um, the logo and working with editors and graphic designers. And it's all this craziness. So... It's all good, but you know that's my life right now. It's not that exciting. How about you? 
that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Um, actually, uh, lately, well, yeah, if, if drag queens were dependable, it would be a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's like hurting. It's like hurting hamsters. I swear to God, it's like you ask them for one thing, and it takes like four weeks. Or like, and I'm not talking about like a birth certificate. I'm talking about like a high resolution photo. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Is there um, anybody that we know who's on that show? I think I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I mean, you would know, if you know anything about the drag scene in New York City, it's Lady Bunny, Huda Lettuce, Peppermint, Bianca Del Rio, um, Epiphany, uh, Mimi M. First, Logan Hardcore, Dallas Dubois. I'm sure I'm forgetting some people, but, like, a lot of the big uh, big names. Like, if you, if our big magazine here, our, our, our kind of fag rag is uh, Next Magazine. So when you come here and you look for like what's going on, like every they're all the they're all the big um, quote unquote girls who who work the night scene here and really make a living doing it, and they're all very professional. And um, I mean, everyone knows Lady Bunny; they had a lot of they've been around forever. So, so did yeah. Any them ever, did any of them ever work at Lips? Isn't that a place up there where they do drag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, Lips for those people who don't know is a drag restaurant and the waitresses and staff are all drag queens and then they do numbers like every hour or so um i don't none of those cast members currently work there i wouldn't be surprised if they've um a few of them have made some rounds in and out of there but um but yeah no one no one we are working with now works there currently i've been there before i think they host like a, a breakfast after our soccer tournament up there there we like have it hosted there, and they do all the performance thing. I think one was Mariah Scary or something. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> it was scary. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. So uh, we do have a couple minutes left. If anyone out there would like to give us a call in, uh, you can reach us at three four seven two one five nine four four two. Um, did you happen to see our friend Sherry Lewis, the condom worthy Sherry Lewis, and uh, Dad the AIDS Bear was on CNN uh, yesterday? Really? What for? Yeah. They were talking about the um, oh god, they were talking about the the new you know the the new thing that they discovered that could possibly stop strains of HIV. Oh yeah, you know what? Someone sent me an alert about that too because they were looking for um, very last minute um, you know uh, firsthand accounts of people living with HIV. I couldn't do it. I was doing something else, but um, but yeah, they something having to do. And I was gonna I'm gonna blog post soon about that, but, but it has to do with a, they discovered in, in, in a particular patient, they discovered some, some very interesting antibodies that, um, you know, help fight HIV or some, I don't know the specifics of it, and I don't really want to butcher it, so, because I don't have the correct information, but, <laughs> but no, I think it's great. I mean, it sounds, anything like that sounds, always sounds promising, so I hope it's great. Yeah, it was just exciting, you know, to be like, oh, I know those people, you know what I mean? And then she had the bear. The bear got a lot of airtime, so I'm sure Daddy Dad was really excited about that because the host kept asking about the bear. <laughs> awesome. So Afterwards, Sh Sherry posted on my Facebook wall. She's like, the bear's still signing autographs. <laughs> it, was cute. it was really cute. That's awesome. And what, so else, is going on? what, what else is going on with you? Um, nothing really much on my end, just, you know, hopefully maybe a little vacation coming up, maybe down the shore or a day to great adventure, but, uh, nothing really big. After the conference, I'm kind of like laying low until the walk, which I heard you're coming to Philly for the walk again. Is that true? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now I'm really focused on the games because it's like, it takes so much out of me and, um, I'm so old now that I'm like... <laughs> So until I get back, I get back on like the 11th of August, and then um, and then I don't actually think I have anything coming up with Living Positive by Design and Merck until September. So is the walk in September? Is that when it is? The walk is. Uh, I want to say September. I know maybe it's November actually. Okay. That, yeah. No, that makes sense. Because then I then because um, I'm really not doing anything through my brother's getting married being in September and then I have a bunch of stuff I know the U.S. AIDS conference is in the middle of September and then um, and then that would make sense so you're probably right you probably know more than me I'm on a very week by week basis <laughs> Are you going to the AIDS conference? Yeah yeah yeah. Are you? No, I'm not. 
Yeah, no, and um, actually, Regan Hoffman keeps asking me if I'm going to go to Vienna for the Life Ball, which I would love to go to, but it's just not in the cards. Yeah. Actually, the walk in Philly is October 17th. Okay. So. Um, yeah, that sounds right. I'm sure I'll be there. <laughs> no, I thought um, I thought somebody um, contacted me about doing something with you at the event, but I may be wrong. No, sounds good. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you know, my, I'm, my, I just can't plan that far ahead. So, I'm like, unless yeah. it's in my calendar in this next upcoming month, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So, yeah, yeah. no, I totally <laughs> understand. <laughs> so, let's see here. Um, we are winding down. We got about ten minutes. If anybody would like to give us a call here at three four seven two one five nine four four two, Dad posted in here that uh, what what they were talking about on CNN was the antibodies found supposedly can block HIV in 90% of the cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll, and actually, I think I'm going to, I'll post something. I have a really great article my sister sent me, which I'll put on my blog tomorrow and put, put on Facebook and stuff. But anyone who wants to find out that information, it's easily accessible on the, on the Internet. But, um, yeah, it sounds promising. I, I always, all those, those things, I, I mean, I think are great. I love to hear inspiring news. I, of course, always temper everything with, um, you know, a little bit of of trepidation just because whenever they talk about, like, oh, here's this miracle cure or here's this new vaccine or here's this very promising thing, it's like, that's awesome, and I really, really hope it happens, of course, but I just don't get too excited until, you know, there's very substantial data. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I just think, you know, I mean, you know, most of us are doing well on the treatment that, that I mean, that we're on, and it, it, it would be great if we did, you know, if there was some huge revolutionary change in, in AIDS and HIV treatment, but right now it's like, when I hear these rumblings of, oh, this new amazing thing's happening, or this new amazing thing's happening, it's like, I've sort of, I've heard not to forward. be, a, not, well, not to be Debbie Downer and be like, oh, what's well, a big bag of BS, it's like, but, you know, it's like you hear those things before, and then you get all excited. Oh, there's this new trial, or there's, there's this new this, and then, like, nothing really comes of it. So it'll be interesting to see what, you know, if it's just hype and news or if there's actually something really substantial going on. Yeah, kind of um, Sherry hit on, on the nail on the head when she said, you know, she looks at all these things that come up like this cautiously optimistic. Yeah, no, that's a perfect, that's a perfect reference. Yeah, so I'm very um, excited. Are you also familiar with uh, Chelsea Golden? With who? Her name is Chelsea Golden. Uh-uh. I'm probably butchering her name. Um, I know um, she's been featured in magazines, and she's um, an activist coming on in uh, two weeks. And um, she's somebody who just got married, so she's going to come on and talk about um, what it's like to, you know, you, obviously when you're diagnosed and all that, you go through, I'm never going to find anybody. And now she just recently literally got married, like last week or two weeks, and she's going to come on and, and talk about what it's like, you know, to, to have, know, her dream come true, I guess. So she right. But I know she's been yeah. featured in um, Pod Magazine and stuff like that a lot, so I thought you may have, have heard of her. No, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I would know her face. Um, right. I'm not, so, I'm not so great with names, but um, I do think you get to a certain point, and I still get that all the time, with people emailing me saying, like, you know, no one's going to want me, and um, I'm unlovable now, and damaged, and blah, blah, blah. But it's sort of, I kind of feel like, I mean, I mean, I've been struggling with my own relationship stuff lately on my own, completely unrelated to HIV, but um, I think it just happens when it happens, and that's so cliched and lame to say, but if you find the right person, HIV is not going to be an issue, you know? I mean, so, and until then, I will remain single, just me and my I created DVD. <laughs> You're not going to be the next Bachelor. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's all. I'm sure. I'm sure NBC is going to take an HIV positive 41 year old Bachelor right on. <laughs> so um, I have a dumb question for you. You know, I'm a fanatic. Do you watch Big Brother? I don't. I know you oh. love Big Brother, and I know you tried to get on it. My brother and sister are obsessed, but, like, I just want to punch those people. I'm sorry. I can't. It's so frustrating to me. Why? Why are you? They just started again, right? My yeah, just started. 
Yeah, the girl that auditioned next to me got on the show. Shut up. Yeah, right. I wanted to punch her. <laughs> um, hey, well, I'm sure there'll be Big Brother 27 or whatever season yeah. on now. So. Um, is there anyone interesting in the house this season? Um, not yet. I mean, I've only seen one episode and a little bit of After Dark, but, you know, it's a beach theme, so they're all beautiful, blonde, you know, big busted muscles, usually, you know what I mean? Right. Like, one of the big complaints is it's not, there's not a, a variety of people. There's only one girl in there that's not white, and she's mixed. Everyone else is white, and, you know what I mean? So they're saying that it wasn't a variety of people in there, and it's too, I don't right. know, beachy. <laughs> Oh, well, people like to complain. I'm right, sure there'll be enough drama and BS for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it'll get exciting. I'm sure people will hear more about it later. But uh, I guess what we'll do is we can close out here with uh, Kimberly's other song, Change, the one we were speaking about earlier that she wrote. And um, we can end it like that. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. Again, you okay. can find information on uh, Kimberly Lock at KimberlyLockOfficial.com. And, Jack, people can find you. I'm on jackbackandross.com, and uh, the the one it's oneheartland.org, correct? Right. Yeah. That's right. And um, you can find more information on the show and our social network at posim.com. Jack, you enjoy the rest of your evening. Rock on, dude. I'll talk and to I you soon. Talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. But you know how words get in the